We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. We are kicking off the weekend. It is Friday, and that means it is... Front Office Friday! Let's go. Front Office Friday. Coming at you, talking NBA basketball. We've got plenty to get into today. Maybe not quite as much as we would have like the first week of (laughs) July or something like that, but still, there's a lot going on around the league for us to dive into. A lot of trade requests still out there, rumors, a few moves that actually went down and all of that. So those of you joining us live over on the Front Office YouTube channel, welcome in. Do us a favor and smash that like button and push the show out as much as we can. Uh, Keith, this is, I believe, am I right? This is your last show pre-vacation? Yes, it is, my friend. This is it. This is the last one for me for a week. I'm going to be uh, away on a cruise ship and uh, just off, you know, doing whatever it is I do for, for a week or pr- probably more accurately, whatever it is I'm not doing, which is probably going to be a lot of not doing things. So I'm very <laughs> excited for that. How long after you get off a cruise ship does it take you to uh, reacclimate to land, like to no longer feel like you're on the boat? Yeah, a couple days for me. I, I get um, I don't get motion sick, but I do get like very like I can feel it right away. And you know, for us, that'll mean like that first dinner. Like I'll know where you know where we're we're off and where we're out to sea. So I'll feel it right away. And it usually does take me a couple days. It's uh, it's especially when I lay down. Like that's when I feel it most. Yeah. I even get that like if I ride a lot of elevators in a day, I'll feel like I'm still on the elevator. So it takes me like a week, sometimes more, but totally mm-hmm. worth it when we're talking about a cruise ship. That's that's sure. for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Shout Although- out to the elevators at the uh, uh, hotel we stayed at in Las Vegas. Oh, Resorts okay, World? Go, yeah, Resorts Ooh. World, Hilton, to get up so many uh, floors. I was... And not not planned. I was on the 33rd floor, which was awesome because 33, the Larry Bird number. So I'll always take that. And it was, uh, yeah, I was like zipped right up there, uh, up and down very, very quickly. Those were, those were some uh, fast moving elevators. So uh, I, I enjoyed that. As long as you can get that key card to scan, to, to scan you're good. Hey, <laughs> good hey Keith, you're going to like this. First of all, I, I like that, he's, that. He's, got, he's got a Bernie's Mountain Dog in his in his in his nope. picture there which we have two of those but um listening to this while at the hour-long r- line for rise of the resistance at disneyland right now so keith it was uh back in february i think when i was at disney world yeah. with my family and knowing that you know all things disney world 
I messaged, I texted you and said, Hey, you know, we're looking at rise of the resistance, but we're probably going to skip it. Cause it's like a two and a half hour line. And you told me don't skip it. It's worth the wait. And it certainly was. So Joe in line waiting for rise of the resistance. If you haven't been on it, Oh my gosh, it is, it is absolutely amazing and totally worth the wait. Keith, you are, you are 100% right. Yeah. Super cool. The whole whole thing we're not going to spoil any of it no. uh for you joe but enjoy it man you're gonna you're gonna love it if you haven't done it before and uh you know for me best best uh best ride uh, uh out there so yeah yeah it is it is unlike anything that i'd ever done in terms of a a theme park what i don't know if i can call it a roller coaster but a theme park yeah, ride, ride unlike yeah. anything that that i had ever done before so absolutely yeah. absolutely phenomenal javier javier well happy birthday Happy hey, birthday. happy birthday. Well done, sir. I hope you're having a good day. Thanks for spending part of your birthday with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We are going to be, we will still have shows next week. Um, It may not be quite as frequent. Depends on the news and all that. But Ron Gutterman will hop in with me for, for a few. I know Sean Davis has some stuff planned out that he wanted to put up on here too. So there's still going to be some stuff coming out over here on the front office YouTube channel. So make sure that you do subscribe there. Of course, turn on those notifications as well uh keith where do we want to start today i guess i guess we could start with uh the james harden and dame lillard situations not that there's a ton of movement there but i'm starting to wonder is there going to be like there were there was a rumor that i saw this morning about maybe the blazers actually are trying to convince dame to stay and that's part of why they don't seem all that motivated to make a deal yeah, that's there. That's been floating around out there. Is that Portland is like, hey, if you you decide you want to stay here, we're we're good. They they very much believe that they could play him and Scoot Henderson together. I think then your problem becomes now what happens to Anthony Simons, what happens to Shaden Sharp, and you know the the other things. But they resigned Jeremy Grant with the idea of having uh, Damian Lillard there. So you know maybe they are content to just roll into the season with him and figure it out. I still tend to believe something will get done there. I think we're too too far down that road uh for him to return there, but but we'll find out. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see if you know that's the way that one goes. The James Harden news today was uh the 76ers reportedly this I think came from uh, uh Mike Scotto uh over at Hoopside said they want to move uh, PJ Tucker in a deal where they move uh, James Harden. And if the reports of Philadelphia really wanting to hit next season, kind of with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey's uh, relatively small cap hold is the only money on their books hmm. with a ton of cap space, then that would make a lot of sense to clear PJ Tucker's money off the books uh, for next season. So that, that, that's another kind of little interesting wrinkle there. And you would presume if you're a team acquiring James Harden, you probably have room for PJ Tucker in your, in your rotation to, you know, try, try to be a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, PJ Tucker, he can still get it done. You could look at that contract and say, well, you know, he's get he's really getting up there in years at this point, but he's still getting it done. So I don't think that would be something that would, um, like the Clippers yeah. want to get him if they can, because that's another piece you could add in and um, that could help yeah. you. Yeah, it's not like you're trying to throw Tobias Harris's contract in right. there to say, hey, take on $35 million. It's $11 million. It should be fine. Yeah, right. Shouldn't be too big of a problem if indeed the Clippers do want James Harden. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. Is that going to work, you think? Harden, Westbrook. Kawhi, Paul George, how many games all four of them would be healthy for together, you know, at the yeah. same time? That's anybody's guess. I, I mean, I guess maybe what would the over under even be set at? Like 
maybe 22 and a half or something. Yeah, It'll probably low. pretty low for sure. Yeah, especially given, you know, I don't, Kawhi and PG, what do you think you get? Maybe 50 games out of them each. Yeah. At this point, Harden, you're probably thinking on the high end, probably 60. Odd that I think Russ is the oldest player of that group. If not, he's got to be pretty close. And he's probably the most reliable guy as far as health goes to, to play the most games. And so, yeah, I, I'm not sure. And that's a lot of a lot of guys who need the ball. Uh, not a bunch of guys who are really good away from the ball either. So it starts to get a, get, get a little complicated. But well, you know, Russ's deal my guess would be he, he's the one who would ultimately probably suffer the most in that situation where it'd be, all right, you're, you're going to be shuttled off to the bench or to a lesser role or whatever it is. But I, yeah, it'd be a curious mix to, to be sure. I would, it, the challenge there, as you said, most of those guys aren't good off the ball. The guys who are best off the ball are probably Kawhi and Paul George, who are the guys that you most want to have the ball <laughs> yeah. out of, out of that, that mix. So that, yeah. That becomes extra challenging, right? Where the guys who are best playing off the ball, are the guys you want with the ball. So I don't know. Look, it's a lot of firepower and it, it could potentially work, but it could also, you know, to go back to Rise of the Resistance, just blow up spectac spectacularly <laughs> a la the Death Star. But um, yeah, we could wind up in, in that situation there in LA with the Clippers. Uh, Mission 86 with a super chat said, I understand AD's potential extension would average about 50 ish million per year. For reasons not in his control, uh, let's say AD plays 50-ish games per year. Barring catastrophic injury, has a player ever averaged $1 million per game? Yeah, I mean, Kawhi's going to be pretty close the last yeah. couple years. Uh, we'll see about Zion. He's now, you know, he definitely is is up around that amount uh, now if, if he continues to miss a lot of games. So Kawhi, a little bit over that, so... He 52 games last year, then didn't play 52 the year before, 57. Uh, so he's played, what's that, 150, 164 total games with, with yeah. the Clippers. I'm sorry, 161 total games uh, in four seasons with the Clippers. So, yeah, we're probably about, about there. He's probably made, you know, in that range money-wise so far, so. But, yeah, but those a, are all like all these guys, Kawhi, Paul George, Anthony Davis. I mean, these are all guys that are dealing with it. Like the reason why they're only playing like 50 games or so yeah, is nobody's catastrophic just, injury, right? Nobody's just, yeah. you know, I know the Clippers are the kings of load management. And even they, if, if both guys are fully healthy, they're not, you know, sitting Kawhi for 32 games if they can avoid it. No, yeah, no, yeah, no one's just load managing these guys for no reason at all. That's, that's, I think, a big misconception with, with this is, you know, that the, the, the people who really hammer on load management as being a bad thing. It, no one just does it to, to do it. it. It's generally because you're dealing with something or you're trying to avoid something. So, mm -hmm. so you're trying to, uh, to, to, get them into a place where, where it's a little bit different. Zion didn't, he didn't make quite that much money. No, uh, but last year, but, but he did, but he didn't play. Many, but again, that's, yeah. that falls under catastrophic yeah. injury. Like mm -hmm. uh, now at some point though, and I think it's coming soon with the way we're seeing the cap go up and salaries increase. We will, I don't know how many, what six, seven years. something. at some point we're going to hit a player who is going to be making a million dollars per, per game. If they play all 82. And that, yeah. that's coming an 82 million dollar per season salary is is coming yeah he's the only guy in the in in position to do it right now so there's all this buzz of 
<clears throat> Jalen Brown will be the highest paid player in the NBA. And part of what comes with that highest paid player is it's all mostly about timing, right? Like he's just, he happens to be in position to sign the extension mm -hmm. and the final year of his deal will be a, if he gets the full max will be a $70 million contract. And he's probably, you know, 70 tends to be around the top end for a lot of guys anyway. Um, at this point in time. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting really close to a million dollars per game being there. So yeah, I, it, it'll, it'll be really interesting to, to see you know, how that kind of, kind of comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I, I saw somebody put it out there on Twitter uh, yesterday that, and, and I wish I could recall who it was, but making the comment that we really need to shift the way that we look at salaries and we need to, instead of, getting the sticker shock of, oh my gosh, this dude's going to make $70 million or whatever from the athletic. Okay. That's, that's who it was. So um, we need to start looking at percentage of the cap. And that's, and that's what spot track does such a great job of putting that out there so that you have an idea of really comparing not necessarily apples to apples, but it, it's what's relevant. It's if the cap is this, this is how much of that, this contract eats up rather than just, Oh my gosh, you know, Magic Johnson made this much back in the day. Now look at how many more times how money this guy's making. That's not really what it's about how much of the cap this player eats up because it's all relative to that, right? The cap reflects how much money the NBA is bringing in as well. So that's why this is all connected and why looking at percentage of the cap, I don't know if we're ever actually going to get there, but that's probably the more accurate way to, to look at these salaries. Yeah, it really does. It gets you into just a different mindset of some of these things. And it's funny because I, I replied to Mike's uh, tweet with something along the lines of, hey, this is why we added percentage of the cap. And it's on there now on all of our prior year salary pages and everything. And people can go can go look at them. And I think what's Funny is somebody said it doesn't matter. These no, the, all these salaries are way too high. It's crazy that this guy makes this, and then they threw somebody out from twenty years ago, and this guy only made that. And it's like, but that's exactly the point. They still both made thirty percent of the salary cap. It's just you know everything is adjusted uh, from there. So yeah, it's you know it's 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 nuts. We did a long uh, uh, podcast over on the Spot Track uh, yesterday on our NBA Next series that came out, which was all about career earnings. So LeBron James, and this is just his NBA salary earnings, to be clear, because he's made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in endorsement money and investments and all those other things. But just his NBA salary, he's like at like 500 plus million. Well, you just had three rookies, four rookies, if you count Desmond Bain, sign $200 million rookie scale extensions. Mm -hmm. Those guys are going to blow by LeBron's career earnings very likely just with, you know, if they stay, if Anthony Edwards stays good, his next extension is going to be a, you know, probably in the range of 350 to 400 million. And then in two contracts for him, he'll, he'll have surpassed what LeBron made in his entire career. It's just, yeah. just the way it works. You know, I mean, it, all some of the all-time greats. I mean, it's like, you know, what was that old joke, Babe Ruth? Uh, you know, I made more money than the president, you know, last year. And people were like, oh, yeah, how do you feel about that? He's like, well, I had a better year than him. And, you know, that's kind <laughs> of the, the joke. But it's, 
I mean, you look at what Babe Ruth made back when he played, and it's like a pittance now. Like, I remember when it was a huge deal because Roger Clemens was going to get $10 million mm-hmm. in a season, and people were losing their minds over this guy pitches, you know, 35 games a year. How is he going to make $10 million? This is crazy, blah, 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 blah. And they just kind of kind of go, go you know, with that. So, yeah, it's, a, it's you know, just how it works. You know, timing is everything in life. Well, what's interesting is is here, like Philip says, no one scrutinizes actors and musicians for making millions, mm-hmm. but sports players get a lot of public ire. And it's not just it's not just that a hey, this guy's doing, you know, this guy's doing something athletic versus uh, a musician. The difference is people are passionate fans of a specific team, just like people can be passionate fans of a musician, of an actor, or whatever. But I don't know, if Robert Downey Jr. gets fifty million dollars to do another Iron Man movie. That doesn't necessarily change the movie itself. Whereas if Jayla Brown gets $70 million, that's going to impact what else the Celtics can do mm-hmm. with, with their roster. And so it's that dynamic, I think, that influences part of why people pay so much attention and get upset when athletes make a certain amount, whereas they won't react the same way if it's an actor or a musician or something like that. And, and Adam, uh, take a couple uh, messages above that one, makes a good point and says – it's it's not just 82 games, right? Because I hear that all the time. These guys are getting paid this much to only work 82 days a year. That's not at all how it works. You know, they, they are pretty much working one way or another from the time they report to training camp all the way through whenever their season ends. So if you're uh, one of the two teams that's lucky enough to go to the NBA Finals, mid to late June. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say, you know, Hey, that's not to say they still don't get a lot of time off. You know, they still get July, August, September off, but they don't even really get that off because they're still working out. They're still working on their games. A lot of these guys are undergoing some form of generally fairly minor, but some form of, uh, you know, uh, you know, rehab and surgery on some kind of injury or something. And on off days in the season, there's only like seven to 10 truly off days. You know, mm-hmm. even the days in between games are going to be, uh, even if there's not a practice scheduled, there's still, you know, rehab work, there's film work, there's quite often those are travel days, there's all sorts of stuff. So it, it really is uh, a little bit different. It's one of those things where I keep telling people all the time, don't compare yourself to the life of, you know, a professional athlete because it's, uh, you don't live anything, they, they don't work normal jobs. You know, that's just not what they do. And and I can't argue with somebody who says, you know, this guy made, you know, you know, $50 million a year and a teacher makes 30,000 a year. I get it. I fully get it. But, you know, I, I kind of, that's how it is. Like it's, you know, I, everybody should get more money. You know, that's my feeling and the way, you know, how I always say too, mm-hmm. if I walk in to my bosses over at spot track or our boss at front office show and say, Hey, I, you know what? I actually want a million dollars for every front office Friday. And he says, yes. Is that on me? That's not on me. Like nope. that's on, you know, that that's that great. Thanks. Good. Just make sure that direct deposit hits. <laughs> can, can we do that? I don't know. We could. I think we're going to get a no, but I mean, it's worth the shot. I mean, I bought a lottery ticket. Like what's greater odds winning the lottery or getting a yes on that? Yeah. Probably about even honestly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in other words, Keith, athletes and teachers both get the off season off. Yeah. Right. But not really. (laughs) really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know how, how many teachers get the summer off? Right. Like there's, right. That, that's, it's not exactly how it works. So, nope. Yeah. 
Nope, that's not. That's when you get signed up for all kinds of trainings and things of that nature. By the by the way, big uh, shout out to all of my teacher friends that are getting ready to go back to school yeah. next week. When um, I get back from the go cruise, back if if you follow me, uh, I will do uh, what I did last year is just the little way I can help. I'll retweet a bunch of uh, teachers lists because teachers spend way, way too much of their own money in their classrooms. So I like to retweet a bunch of teacher lists to try to help them out. So we generally do that for about a you know, week or so as they flow in. I'll put a tweet up and ask for a bunch of replies and then I'll retweet a whole bunch of people. And last year we had, you know, a lot of people got stuff off their list, which was super cool of people to do mm -hmm. who follow me. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I definitely think that's uh that's a worthwhile <laughs> cause. What teachers can't shoot except for Trevor. That's true. So, here it is. That's true. That's true. That, yeah. that is true. Yeah, hey, you want more money, work on your jump shot, right? That's or right. Work on your hitting or fielding or whatever it may be. I saw something else in here that I wanted to Here's this one while you're finding that. The worst thing is once a player signs a decent money extension, his trade value usually plummets. Teams don't seem to want to trade for mid-players on multi-year contracts anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody... If it's if it's a bad contract, if it's if the general perception, right? I mean, this is all... This is a an ever-evolving marketplace. And if the general perception is that the contract is bad, that it's an overpay, teams aren't going to want to pay for that. If it's the general perception is that it's an underpay and that it's a great value, then teams are going to be willing to give more. It just depends on the contract itself. And that's where teams have to negotiate and make the decision. Do we want, even if we have to go into bad contract territory, or at least that's going to be the initial perception, do we believe this player at some point is going to play well enough to, for this to be a good contract and a positive value? That's all the game within the game. It's something that teams have to kind of figure out as they're negotiating with players and deciding what's acceptable and what's not in terms of how much money they're willing to give up. Yeah, exactly. It's And you do see, you know, sometimes too, some of the things that you'll see with players. I mean, James Harden just did it. Now it's apparently causing him some issues was he gave up a bunch of money mm -hmm. to allow the Sixers to get some guys. So, so that does uh, get, get kind of, kind of interesting. So uh, is Sabonis's contract uh, of all this Zillionis asks that, um, yeah, I think so. I think it's it's fine. I have no issue with Sabonis getting what essentially is a max deal uh, now yeah. after the renegotiation extension. I think it's fine. He's an All NBA center. Uh, you know, even if even if he's not an All NBA guy every year, he's in the All Star consideration. He'll be in that mix. He's a great fit on that team. Uh, him and Fox are kind of a perfect pairing together. So yeah, I'm I'm there, man. I, I am very very happy. Um, you know, with, with those guys. Uh, Pay, paying him and i think it's it's a perfect value deal for him no issue at all i there was a question earlier that i meant to to throw up here but it was asking uh are the kings legit contenders this year do you have them in that tier as as contenders yeah i mean i haven't gone through and done my full tiers yet because quite frankly i'm waiting to see what happens with lillard and harden situations um on this but I'll have them in the top half of the West for sure, probably in the top fifth or third. Um, if not, yeah, I think they can be near the top of the conference again. Uh, I, I think had they gotten a slightly better draw in the first round, they might have advanced into mm -hmm. you know into the next round and beyond. 
I'm not going to say they can be the Nuggets next year because the Nuggets built towards that over a period of about, what, three or four seasons of building for them to get there. But there's no reason the Kings can't be on that path towards what the Nuggets eventually became. That They've got a lot of really good players. They've got great functional depth on that team. They're not like 12, 13 guys deep, but their top eight, nine guys are pretty good. I didn't stack them up with just about anybody else's. So yeah, I'll probably have them in the top four in the West going into next season. You know, that's just off the top of my head. I'll I'll need to sit down and really go through it, but but I think so. Yeah, I, I think that they, just by virtue of being one of the better teams in the West, that makes them a contender. The West is absolutely brutal. Um, you look at, I mean, there's going to be three, maybe four like playoff caliber teams that don't make it, uh, in the West this year. And so that's going to be a challenge. There's going to be some good teams on the outside looking in, but there's this kind of perception out there that, that people don't fully buy what the Kings did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just their offense was so good and the defense was so bad or, you know, is the offense really that good? And if the defense is continues to be bad, that's a problem. I think the defense can get better this year, but I'm kind of in on the Kings. I don't, I don't think I'm not looking at it and saying, Oh, that was just a mirage. What we saw this last yeah. season and they're going to slip again next year. I think they really found something. I think Sabonis really is that good. And Fox really is that good. And they're going to continue to to play some good basketball. So uh, especially as Keegan Murray continues to grow, as he continues to get better and better and better. I think they've got some upside here. So I, I'm I'm buying it. I think that the Kings can indeed be a legit uh, contender in the Western Conference. Just, again, not that I would pick them as the team to come out of the West, but I think they can be in that mix for sure. Well, and that's the key one, right, is Keegan Murray. If Keegan Murray yep. continues to improve and gets better, they're, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be great. It's, you know, then now then as, you know, even if you're, even if we're not saying, you know, Sabonis and Fox are true absolute number one guys, if Murray becomes that, then you don't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't need them both to be that. Yeah. Right? They, can, they, they can be, you know, something slightly lesser. So if, if Keegan Murray becomes like a true one, a guy. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. just, the, the ceiling for this team just goes, just skyrockets, right? They could be um, absolutely fantastic if that indeed happens. Um, I've got a question here and it just flew past me. I'm trying to find it. It's, it's the question is asking and I'll find it in just a second, but it's asking, oh, there it is. What do you think the Nets would have to give up to move Ben Simmons contract? Now he's got 37.9 million coming this current season, the 2023, 2024 season, 40.3 million coming the season after. And that's it. So two years left on the deal just shy of $80 million total owed to him. When I think of the Nets, I don't think about Ben Simmons at all. Like when I'm looking at my analysis of the Nets, like I don't even factor him in. And maybe that's a mistake. Maybe he gets back out of the floor and he he plays for them, but I don't factor him into their rotation. And that's maybe I should because he is their highest paid player. But I don't know if they even can move him because who knows if he's even going to play at all like they would have to take back some really bad money to do it or attach some very serious draft capital in order to get somebody to take on that much money yeah i and, and i don't see them putting in their own stuff to dump him 
And right now, quite frankly, there's no real reason, right? Like they, they just don't need to. There, there's nobody they're trying to go get that they need to clear cap space for or anything like that. I think it's more what you said. If they wanted to trade him today, they could trade him, but then it's going to be you got to take back, you know, a, a worse contract, mm-hmm. you know, or take back two bad contracts or whatever. Next year, a year from now, far easier, right? Because then it'll be an expiring deal, and there'll be teams will say, "Yeah, I'll take." You know, Ben Simmons on and who knows hopefully this year he gets back on the court and starts to show hey I can play like and I can do do some stuff I, it's funny I think people have forgotten this guy was awesome he was like, he was so good even without being able to shoot he was really great so I think it's uh you know I I think we're we're in a spot where now though yeah I mean get on the court first and then we can talk about all the rest of it and did you know yesterday was his birthday I did. I saw he that. I saw oh, turn 27 turn yeah. 27. It feels like he's like 35 because yeah. we spent so much time talking about him. Like he's been in the league forever. He's, he just turned, just turned 27. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yesterday was like a lot of guys birthdays. There was like four or five. Like I, I have it. Um, one of the accounts I follow is the, uh, they get, I think it's the MBPA account and they, they mm-hmm. tweet them all in a thread and it was like at least a five or six player long thread. Uh, yeah, it was either yesterday or the day before that they had a whole bunch, whole bunch of guys with that. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's, yeah, you're right though. He does feel like he's a lot older uh, yeah. than that. Um, I saw one in here. Uh, this is from Al Jan. It's the one right below the one you were just on. Uh, okay. What do you guys think about extra games in the playing tournament? It's only a couple extra games, so I'm not, I don't, I'm not worried about it. The group yeah. games, those count as regular season games. Those are not extra games so when the uh i know we just off the top of my head i know the celtics and the magic are in the same group when they play each other that counts as one of their regular season games so it's not uh that is not an extra game so just so everybody you know kind of kind of knows that that's i think that's been a misconception that they're going to play you know now teams are going to play like 87 games in a season that's not the case well you're talking about the mid-season tournament he's asking about the play-in oh, in tournament. The play-in tournament but but that could Sorry. be I, i'm wondering though maybe he oh. he's meaning the the mid-season tournament maybe Got it. all right tournament. i apologize i i saw a turn i saw in tournament and i immediately went to in-season tournament uh extra games in the playing tournament so if he's asking about adding extra games no leave it the way it is it's it is the way it is we yeah. You know, I think they really hit on a formula that works. I think, you know, that seventh seeded team gets the two cracks at it, or seventh and eighth seeded teams get the two cracks at it. The the other teams are, you know, they've, they've got to win twice. I think they, they did a good setup. I'm even in favor of if you're like the 10th seed and you're like seven games back of the ninth seed, you, I wouldn't even, you, you're out. You don't even go, you don't even play. Like I, mm-hmm. I loved the games back requirement that they used in the bubble, yeah. which part of the reason they use that in the bubble was because they had to, um, they had to like cut it off somewhere and every team wasn't going to play the same amount of games. So they wanted to have something there to, to, to make it a little more fair and even, but yeah, I don't want to add any, any more extra games. to the playing tournament. We don't, we don't need that. No. No, I don't. I don't think we do either. I don't think we do either. Uh, Mission eighty six with a super chat. Appreciate it. Said Keith. Now you got me thinking. If one hundred percent, can you see AD and Simmons pairing post LeBron? I'd take him personally. I mean, do we? I, can we say we can't say with any certainty that he will be one hundred percent? Like in theory, if he was one hundred percent, I'd be concerned on the offensive end about the floor spacing. But if he's really one hundred percent Ben Simmons that we saw like four years ago. 
that's an incredible defensive duo, but your floor spacing is pretty shot. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's your challenge. If he's 100%, yeah, I don't have a huge issue with it. You know, you'd need to, like you said, you'd have to have A-plus shooting at the other three spots. You want to play the breaking news drop? Yeah, here we go. Let me, uh... All right, get ready. Prepare your ears, everyone. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. All right. It is with it. So, Disunmu, uh, going back to the Bulls, three years, $21 million. Hmm. So, uh, he's going back to the Bulls. He was one of the better free agents still left on the board. Three years, $21 million is great. It was starting to look like he might have to sign that uh, – that qualifying offer of $5 million, the challenge for him was he would have been a restricted free agent again next year. So they, they re, you know, really wanted to get something worked out for him on a long-term deal. And, and now the Bulls got him. They got Javon Carter. They, they mm-hmm. bring him back Kobe White. So I, I really that, – that's a good good solid value, $7 million a year. For I would assume that that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. There was a report, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that he – was uh, not expecting to be back with the Bulls or something. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably a little behind-the-scenes negotiation taking place there. But uh, but good to see the Bulls were able to get that done and, and get him back into the mix. Again, the Bulls, without Lonzo Ball, they need as much help at the point guard position as they can. And uh, I liked him in, in the draft. What was that? A couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. so good to see that he, he'll be sticking in uh, in Chicago. Yeah, he's you know he's a, a tough player. Did, did you know there was a point where I want to say it was through his first like four games against the Celtics. He never missed a shot. And it wasn't like he was like four for four. He was something ridiculous, like 12 of 12 initially. Then he was like 22 of 26 through like four games against Boston. And then it was like some absurd number from three or like 14 of 16. It was crazy. So, you know, just one of those weird things. So every, every team's fan base feels like, their opponent has a guy that has yep. a random role player that blows up against them every single night, right? Why, yep. of course, this guy averages like eight points a game <laughs> and he's going to go for 20 against us. So for the Celtics, we know it's Io Dusunmu. Yep. Yeah, he was for, for a while. Then he, then he, then last year he had like kind of like a string of not great games, but yeah. So we'll see. Um, any word Ollie, on Christian? Oh, go ahead. Ollie with the super chat said, who might be the dark horse Ooh, team in FIBA question. this year? I don't. I gotta pull up the groups. Hold on. Yeah, I don't have a great sense of who's. I obviously I'll be watching Team USA games, but I don't have a great sense of who else is good and who you know, and all that. I look at Team Canada and I look at that roster and I go, "Ooh, that's pretty. That's pretty stacked." Yeah, their group's a little tricky though for them, um, because they're in a group with France. Mm -hmm. You know, France is going to be pretty good. Um, let's see. I think Italy should get through their group. Uh, they're they're in Group A with Angola, the Dominican Republic, and Philippines. Uh, your boy uh, Jordan Clarkson apparently going to play mm-hmm. for the Philippines in the World Cup. Um, I think Lithuania will be pretty tough. Uh, they, their their initial group stage they should get through. Um, and they 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 generally uh, put it together. Their their key is always that their big show. Uh, it's will their guards show up enough? Um. Germany's got a fairly favorable draw. Australia's going to be tough as well. They're both in the same group. They should come out of the same group uh, there. Um, Brazil generally brings a lot of a lot of guys. Yeah, so Canada's challenge, right? They're in a group with France and, and uh, Latvia. 
so that's 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 kind of kind of tricky just to see you know you can't afford a stumble there mm-hmm. in that group with that so there's a couple you know we'll, we'll we'll get into that more when when it gets a little closer so we're um and we're going to be looking at at FIBA, of course, when it starts. But that's what is it? August twenty fifth. Uh yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but August twenty fifth to like September tenth ish. Okay. Yeah, September tenth. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I just... It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline booked a little mini trip for august 26th actually so i'll have <laughs> okay. to make sure that i that i check it out while i'm on the road but uh all right uh only for a few days vector nova says with sasha Ven- vezinkov and i always pr- mispronounce his first message <laughs> vasily vasily I, I, I always like i want to throw a j in there and i know <laughs> well there's a really, j but there's yeah. a j there but you know i want to yeah. throw the j sound in there i know it's not <laughs> yeah. really there though um do you guys see more european players coming over what about Nikola Mirotic coming back? Yeah, so the Mirotic thing, what came out yesterday was Barcelona said he will not yeah. be back with them. Now, that was kind of a known thing because there was a report about a month or so ago that he was signing with um, a team in, in uh, Italy, um, Olympia Milano. But that's not that's apparently not going to happen. And now it sounds like he may be going to um, – partisan so if uh so so we'll see if that's how that goes down um uh in belgrade so if he if he goes there obviously he's not coming back i don't think he's coming back um here i think there's a chance um uh for him he he would rather just be in europe he you know makes a good living over there uh, he's very happy over there he didn't necessarily like being here i uh, didn't love playing in the nba so i don't mm-hmm. think we're uh, Nikola Mirotic, unless some team really bowled him over with an offer. And with Vezinkov and Misic, it's kind of now or never time for those guys. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both good. They're not old by any means. They're they're like in their prime years, but it's like either, you know, it was it was now or never. You need to get get here or, or don't come at all. And, and now it's time for them to, to, to take the chance and come over. So mm-hmm. I'm, 
I'm excited. Vezinkov, much more clear path to playing time. He'll yeah. be in rotation immediately with the Kings as a backup forward. Uh, Misich, a little trickier because that, that uh, Oklahoma City guard group is just so stuffed. Oh, man. Of it good really players. is. But he's a very good player, so we'll, I, I imagine he'll eventually break, break through. A mini trip to the Philippines? No, that's not my mini trip. I, I am taking <laughs> That'd a be more mini, than a mini trip. <laughs> I'm gonna go melt in Phoenix. Gonna go see some family out there for a couple of days. There you so, go. Yeah. A mini trip to the Philippines is not a that, that's like no a day thing. of travel. So yeah, I think we make a mini trip there. Uh yeah, uh, Kemba Walker. We didn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, Monaco. Uh, he's gonna sign with AS Monaco. Um, Good for Kemba. Uh, in in Monaco, they play. They, they're in Monaco, but play in the uh, French league in the top league. Actually, won uh, the French league last year and then made it to the uh, Euro League final four. So he's joining a very good team, a very loaded team uh, with good players. So he said he, he actually attended a uh, Celtics Hornets game and then did a bunch of interviews while I was there. And he's like, I'm not done. He's like, I'm, I'm going to play somewhere again. I feel like I still have, have enough to go. So, so we'll. We'll see. Hopefully, he's got enough in the tank to you know be be competitive. But he uh, he had rejected uh, prior years going overseas, and now apparently was finally ready to make that jump. So uh, going to play with Monaco. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you, if you feel like you still have something something left and you want to keep going, then then more power to him. You know, keep playing the game as long as you possibly can, right? Um, yeah, Charlie Saturday says went to a team with like seven small shoe first guards. That is true. There's a lot yeah. of guards on that Monaco team, but a lot of talent too. So we'll we'll see how it all comes together. Just play, just play five guards all together. It's Darvin Ham's dream scenario. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Moti Yunus was like their their big man in uh, Jaron Blossom game. If if you remember him, he bounced around the NBA for a little bit. That's right. That's right. I do remember that one. Uh, Darren said, "Do you think Keldon Johnson is underpaid?" And how much do you think Devin Vassell is worth? So Keldon Johnson has been a favorite of both of ours for, yeah. for a while now. So yeah, we're a, not exactly rational on Keldon. No, but still, he's making <laughs> twenty million this season. He's just twenty-three years old. Twenty yep. million this season, then nineteen million, then seventeen point five million, then seventeen point five million again. So he has a declining contract. Um, Devin Vassell is on a five point eight million dollar team option this season, almost five point nine million, and then uh, then they'll have to pay him. So I guess let's start with Keldon Johnson. Is he underpaid? My answer is going to be yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, probably a little bit underpaid. Points, five boards, this, shot well. No, not great from yeah. three, thirty-three percent, but still. Yeah, player. it's you know, I mean, he's by the end of the contract, he'll make just above the uh, the mid-level. So right. So we'll 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 see. But yeah, I mean, he's he's a very good player, and I think a guy who's going to fit quite well. Uh, with that Spurs roster, or he's going to be part of a trade to get them something else as a rebounds. Devin Vassell, yeah, I thought Devin Vassell is a guy who's probably going to get twenty-five million a year if he extends. Would be my guess. So the Spurs may let that play out for the Spurs. A lot of dudes at that that uh, two-three position. They've mm -hmm. just got a lot of guys in the mix in that group. So they may say, "Hey, let's let this uh, you know put play out a little bit and see kind of where it goes uh, with that." But yeah, I would I would give him you know I'd give him twenty twenty-five million. No, I even think twice about it. I think Devin Vassell is really good. Yeah, 18 and a half points, four boards, three and a half assists while shooting 39% from three last season. Mm -hmm. for, for Now, didn't play in a lot of games, only 38 games because you're dealing with injury. But uh, when he's out there, he can be, he, he's very, very good. 
So the Spurs have got, you know, when we look at the Spurs and we go, oh, it's really, it's, it's, you know, is Wemby going to run the team by himself? Is he going to um, win them games all by himself? He's not by himself. They've got Keldon Johnson. They've yeah. got Fistel. They've got some other players on this team that can, that can do some things. Not saying that they're suddenly going to be a playoff squad, but it's more than just good Wemby out there. Yep. Hey, see nasty. I'll an we'll answer your question when you stop spamming the chat and you you say the when you actually put the player's right name in there. Then 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 we'll answer the question. <laughs> but until until you you give you one more chance, put the right name in there, and then then we'll we'll answer the question. Keith coming strong on a on yeah. a Friday here. Uh, anyone excited for Messi in Miami? Is that sure tonight? I think is that is, is that the the, it is the word? The word, yeah, he's playing. Gonna play tonight, though. Yeah, like actually play. I think so. he's coming off the bench tonight. It's gonna be like a uh, Zlatan with the Galaxy thing, uh, where he, yeah. he comes and off the bench. I didn't realize that team stinks. Um, what, Miami, Miami team. yeah, they're bad. Well, they got they got in trouble for yeah, um for I some circumvention that. stuff, some some under the table stuff, and so they weren't able to build out a roster like yeah. they normally would. But I think I'm more I'm excited for the MLS for the, for yes, the league itself more than, yep. than team Miami, you know, that, but, uh, I do, I think it's a big deal. Obviously, you know, you go back to, to David Beckham arriving with the galaxy, you go back to, you know, when Wayne Rooney came over, you go back to, to some of the big names that, that have come over. I mean, this is, this is the biggest, this is the big, this is bigger than Beckham coming. I, I think, um, so this is, this is going to be huge. And, and I think it's, it's big for the, for the league. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I always get, whenever anybody brings up MLS, people always say, well, you know, they turn their nose up and go, oh, well, the premier league is better. And what, you know, every, all these other leagues are better and all this stuff. I don't care. I think it's amazing yeah. that there's an American league that's gaining real traction and is becoming over the 25 years that it's been in existence. And I've been watching the whole time, not, not religiously, but I'm more in the casual fan category, but I think it's incredible that the, uh, how far this league has come and continues to grow. And this is just, a sign of of the direction that it's heading. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled for them. It's, I mean, I know the tickets for every Miami game, like on the road, sold out now. all over the place. So it's very funny down here too. People are very much uh, calling out. It's fine to call it Miami, but just know he's playing in Fort Lauderdale, not Miami, because that's where the the stadium is. So that's just kind of a a Florida related thing. With sure. This. Uh, uh, Yairo Romero asks, is the Heat OKC trade finished the Oladipo trade? Yeah, that's been done for, for a while now, at least a couple weeks. So uh, that, that was done. There's no no reported trades that are like agreed to trades that haven't been completed. Everything's been completed, and we're, we're only down to a handful of reported signings yeah. um, that haven't been, been made official yet. So it's going to, you know, it's going to take a little bit. Oh, so 112 degrees in Tucson. Yeah, somebody right else dropped it. It was 117 in Phoenix. Yeah, they're That's on bad. a crazy streak of just a number of days in a row over 110 degrees. Um, so that's it. We'll see. I'm hoping that calms down a little <laughs> bit. In fact, I'm looking right now. They have a high uh, in, uh, I'm going to be going out to like Gilbert. Their high is 114 today. That's brutal. That's, uh, you know what's funny though? Warm. I mean, they, I don't want to be that guy, but it's a dry heat. Right, but like it is true, right? There, yeah, there is there truth is to it. Absolutely, major difference because like here, like it was the other day, it was like ninety six, but it was like so humid that you were soaked to the minute you walked out of the house. So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, there was a couple other things in here. Yes, there you go, Jalen Noel. Yes, there it is. 
Uh, you know, well done. Uh, Jalen Noel, I like Jalen Noel as a player too. He's, mm-hmm. he's probably one of the uh, higher rated guys I have left that's still on the board. I thought a team would snap him up now. He's probably going to have to be a minimum signing, and we'll see, you know, how that kind of comes comes together with that uh, with him. So, so thank you for getting the name correct. There you go. No longer spamming the chat. We appreciate yeah. that. Get you get your questions uh, answered. Yep. Somebody noted Slam Ball is back tonight. So I'll is it check now? Out slam Ball, yeah. I'll probably yep. be watching uh, Messi, but I'll I'll check out the highlights from from Slam yeah. Ball. Slam Ball is fun. So yeah, the big one tonight though, nine o'clock, the U.S. Women's Team World Cup oh, winner right. tonight. Yeah, yep. nine o'clock. So I'm uh, well, they're playing I'm, uh, uh, Vietnam, right? Vietnam. Yep. The over under on goals in the game is uh six and a half. So. It, uh, they're expecting, I guess, the U.S. team to run it up, and it's a good entry for them into this World Cup because it's a very uh, young and a uh, new U.S. Yeah. women's team. So we're, we're Smith family is fired up. We'll be we'll, we'll be watching nine o'clock Eastern uh, tonight, and then the game two is going to be while we're on the ship. So we're hoping they will have it on on the ship for us to watch. If not, you're going to be watching that ESPN bottom line, Keith. <laughs> That's it. I know I will be. I'll be glued to it, waiting for for updates. Uh, do you think from Forum Blue, Kevin? Do you think the Knicks have a top superstar target? Um, because yeah. there, there have been connections, but there have been the, the rumors that they're kind of keeping an eye on the Embiid situation and and all of that. Um, what are we what are we thinking here with with the Knicks? Because you know they, they were that team in the past that was like constantly chasing the superstars of yesterday, and it never worked out for them. They were getting you know the Steve Francis's of the world, and it just never really worked. Um, and then finally it felt like they had shifted direction over the last couple of years and they had some sustainability. Are they in, are they a team that number one is in position to go after a superstar and number two, should they? Yeah. So, and I'm glad you said, you know, brought that up about how they were in the, the, the past, right. They, they very famously put everything into one. LeBron was going to be a free agent and pitching him and then they didn't get him. And then they moved on to the next and on to the next and on to the next. I think it's in a spot where I think for the Knicks under Leon Rose and under this front office, they're a lot more patient and it is not, we're going to put all our eggs in this one player basket. I think now what they're trying to do is be in a position when, when that player that they feel is the right guy for them becomes available, that they can at least at least go after him, right? They can try to make a run at that player. So whether that's you know Joel Embiid down the line, uh, we've heard Carl Anthony Towns for years, uh, you know, as a guy potentially for them. So whether it's you know a player like that, I that's what I think they're trying to do is just put themselves mm-hmm. in a position. I'll say this on the Knicks, um, it's it's very very under the radar because no one really truly cares all that much, but Evan Fournier's situation there is not good. Um, he's given a couple uh, interviews now about it where he's basically all but said like, Hey, they promised me they were going to trade me this summer and they didn't. And now I'm still here and I'm going to be back here, you know, on my contract, never playing and sitting at the end of the bench. And, and he then, you know, said, I'll still work hard and I'll still try to do my best and sure. all those things. Very clear. Evan Fournier is a guy who was like, get me out of here. I want to play. Like I'm not, he's not 37 years old at the end of a long-term deal. Like I think he wants to be, be somewhere. And if that was the report was that the Knicks had uh, the plans to, to move him. So, so I, you know, well, we'll, we'll right now it's hard though. Cause there were not yeah. we talked about before. Nobody's sitting on 20 million in cap space anymore. Nobody's just in a spot where they can just grab, grab this guy or anything like that. So I think, uh, 
it, it might be a little while for for him uh, there. Is there because he's on an expiring deal? Is there somebody else that you can think of that's on a similar value expiring deal that also isn't in a good situation where you just take, hey, you give me your problem, I'll take you take my problem, and we'll see if a new situation makes things better. Just be, if it's beginning to get that kind of. And I don't want to say it's Fournier's fault or it's Nick's fault or whatever, but clearly the relationship sure. there isn't isn't working. Is there somebody, if you forget about, hey, we're trying to get a draft pick, we're trying to get this, we're trying to get that, just shuffle two players into different situations and see if that changes things at all, at least for a season. I, I'm trying to, to think about who would fit that bill, and I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, it'd be a two-for-one deal, um, but the deal I would look into, and I think it makes a lot of sense for both teams just from a – moving pieces around standpoint is I think the uh, Knicks could um, could get with the Spurs and trade Fournier to the Spurs. That's reportedly where at least it sounded like at one point he thought he was going mm -hmm. uh, was to San Antonio. And then they could take back like Doug McDermott and Jetty Osmond who could slide into New York. Maybe uh, McDermott definitely fill a rotation spot is kind of that 10, 15 minute a night backup behind Julius Randle. Osman, just another guy on the wing, you can kind of slides into the Fournier end mm -hmm. of the bench role. And then you just go go forward with that. So that's the kind of thing I think. Nobody else really jumps to mind for me yeah. that screams. Because really, if you're the Knicks, they don't need any more guards. They've got enough guards. They've, their center spot is covered. What they really need is like one more like four uh, to play behind Randall. And that's kind of kind of it you know, for them that they need. Oh, was that like Thunder? That was Thunder. Oh man, I've got a huge that. Yeah, right. I've got a loud. huge storm going here right now. Crazy. I All right. Well, hopefully yeah. we'll uh, you know, get out of I... here before before you're you're forced off the air. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing I think you know there could, could make some sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um that's somebody put OKC in the, in the chat. <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. It's true. Thunder. Yeah. Thunder coming. Uh, Hassan asked, do you guys expect Ubre to sign with the Suns or the Sixers? Would it be for the minimum? That's all either team functionally has to offer. So I don't know. You know, I, I think it's, we'll see. I mean, the, the Suns are pretty full up their, their rosters, mm -hmm. you know, relatively full. Mm -hmm. So I don't, don't think it'll be the Suns, but I think, um, you know, I think the, uh, you know, maybe the Sixers, you know, it would make a lot of sense that they could use another wing. And if it's for the minimum, why not? Right, you really don't have anything to do. And then uh, DJ added, Bubre could go to Miami after mm -hmm. Lillard trade is done. That's part of probably what's going on with guys like him. And we talked about Jalen Noel a little bit ago. Is hey, let me see what it looks like after you know a Harden trade or a Lillard trade is made. If that opens up two, three roster spots somewhere, then those guys may jump in there. Christian Wood may also be in that kind of kind of boat as well. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's a few guys that are going to be kind of in that that spot at the moment um okay before i lose my signal here because it's starting to get a little bit spotty actually we should probably call it a show um marcus stevens we'll finish with this appreciate the kind words most informative nba podcast after listening to the best forget the rest big up to the front office show big up to the lakers barbados log on welcome hey. in from, from barbados appreciate it barbados. a wave as we sail by that's right. That's right. Give him a wave, Keith. Give him a wave. Yeah. 
I will wave. Yeah. So as Trevor said, I will not be here next week. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, I am really, really hoping to not uh, uh, connect um, in. I'm really hoping to stay, stay dialed out. And then, then, then we'll come, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back next week. If something big happens next week, yeah. um, I am back in town on Friday so we can connect it uh, at the end of the week and go, man, you better uh, go make yeah. sure everything's tied down outside. I, I, that's uh, what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to batten down the hatches here. And, there it uh, is. And ride this thing out. But but That's thank it. you everybody for, for joining us. Appreciate it. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.